The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the content providers and should not be viewed as an endorsement of any product or service. Nor does it reflect the views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening. My name is Debbie Armstrong. If you're on Zoom, you'll see that it says Deborah Armstrong. That's because my employer, whose Zoom account I'm using, does require that I have my full name on my Zoom account. My employer doesn't care if I do things that are nonprofit related. So the first thing I want to say is that we are not affiliated with humanware in any way, except that we are users of humanware products. And the idea for this was mine because I felt like we needed to have sort of a user group, a way that those of us who use the brilliant BIX Braille displays or people who are interested in buying one can just have user-to-user discussions about the devices outside of the humanware support and humanware sales pitch. Uh, most of us are very positive about these devices, but it's just nice for us users to get together and have a chat and answer each other's questions. To this end, I've put together a panel of three people and we are going to have them unmute in just a minute. They are Mary Hupt, uh, Robert Carter, and Deborah Kendrick. And we're going to mute all of you all for the first hour of this call. And the reason we're doing that is we've prepared a set of 20 questions that we are going to go ahead and answer. One of my big goals was to make this call audience-centric, that is, answering questions that the vast majority of the audience might like to have answers to. But, of course, we want to answer your questions as well. So that's what we're going to do in our second hour. So in our second hour, you'll all be able to raise your hands and ask any question you want, and we will answer the ones that we can. couple of quickie disclaimers. First of all, we do not represent NLS. I already said we don't represent humanware, but we don't represent NLS. We don't represent NFB Newsline. We don't represent Bookshare. In other words, any organization that has services that are on the Brilliant, we cannot say anything about their policies. So if you want to know, for example, if NLS is going to make changes in the way BARD works, sorry, we don't know. Or if you want to know if Humanware is going to add MP3, listening, playback, music playlists to the brilliant, we don't know. We don't know anything about the policies of this organization. Let me adjust my microphone a little. What we do know is that we like our brilliant displays and we want to share any tech tips and consumer-oriented information with you that we have. So, I'm going to go ahead and start with our panel and let them introduce themselves. So, Robert, if you want to unmute yourself and feel free to stay on mute, why don't you introduce yourself now? Well, good evening, everybody. I'm Robert Carter. I am a brilliant uh, BI40X user, and I'm really thrilled to be participating in this call with the hopes of being helpful to people in some way or another, because I know how difficult it can be sometimes to make decisions, especially about these Braille devices. And I really want to thank you, Debbie, for um, inviting me to come along and participate on the panel. I'm looking forward to it. Back to you. All right. And Deborah Kendrick is here as well. Deborah, would you like to unmute? And you can stay unmuted and introduce yourself. 
Sure. Okay. So, um, and it's very convenient that we spell our names the same, but I kind of respond to Deborah and you respond to Debbie so people can tell us apart. We can tell each other apart. Um, so, yeah, I, I was just so pleased to see that Debbie wanted to put this panel together because um, like everyone else here, you know, I, I have had a lot of braille displays, a lot of devices, you know, I've been writing about this stuff for about a thousand years and I really wanted a, a device to meet a certain set of um, criteria and thought, maybe think that I found it in, in the brilliant, but I would say that my fellow panelists are probably far um, more uh, expert in using this device than I am, but I'm happy to be a part of the panel and I hope to share as well as learn this evening. And uh, I'm just, I just think it's really cool that so many people came. It shows we're all kind of on the same page here of wanting to share. Okay, and our last panelist is Mary. You want to unmute and stay unmuted. Introduce yourself. Okay, thank you, Debbie. My name is Mary Hopp. Um, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I'm so excited about this call. Um, I've only been using the Brilliant a short time um, since August, but I have used it pretty extensively. I won't say I've used every feature, but the ones I've used, I know very well. So um, I'm just really excited and I hope that we can help a lot of you out tonight. Thank you. Okay. Um, so all three of you can stay unmuted. And, um, and first I'll call on you individually to answer these questions, but after a while you can kind of butt in if you want. So we'll start by me calling on you and see how that goes. Um, so our first question is, what for you makes the brilliant BI displays unique? And why did you choose them over, over other devices? And we'll let Robert start out by answering that. Well, I got very excited a few years ago, uh, Debbie and everyone, when the cost of Braille displays started coming down a bit. I've been using Braille displays since 1979 or 80, somewhere in there. And uh, they always stayed up in the five, six, seven thousand $7,000 range, it seemed like, for a very long time. But the Brilliant is a part of a sort of a new family of kind of hybrid uh, displays that uh, doesn't have quite all the features that some of the uh, full-blown note-taking devices had, but that has a lot to offer. Um, and I happened to review one um, uh, as part of a, a podcast series that that uh, we were doing on uh, low-cost Braille devices, and just really fell in love with 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 how it feels. the The display is great. The keyboard I liked. Uh, the size of it is good for me. I have the BI forty uh, X, and so um, I liked it so much. I just uh, bought one. Back to you. Well, it helps if I unmute myself, doesn't it? <laughs> had, a, had to sneak in a slurp of water here. Um, Deborah, do you have anything to add to why you chose this device? Yeah. Um, I, well, first of all, just by way of disclosure, I, I do work for NLS and I have been working with the NLS e readers 
for a couple of years, and but I do not represent NLS, so don't ask me any of those questions. But that the the Humanware e-reader had a lot to do with my purchasing the Brilliant because it's the same uh, the same innards, so to speak, with of course many more features on the Brilliant. But I liked the feel of the Humanware e-reader so much, and it was so easy. And I wanted particularly a device that I say like like we used to do in the old days with the Braille and Speaks and the Braille Lights, that I could just grab it, write something down, not go through a whole lot of steps to be in a, in a file and save a file, just write something down and and turn it on, write, turn it off. And it looked like the Brilliant do that. And um, the other thing was, I thought I would, I do a lot of reading and I can read on any size Braille display and be happy. But I thought I would be happier with a 40 cell. Now that I have my 40 cell, I'm not sure. I probably could have saved myself some money. Um, I, I'll be interested to hear what others say about the differences between the the two sizes as we go along, because I, I, some people must have 40 cells to read and it just doesn't seem to make much difference to me. But um, anyway, so that's that's how I, I came to it, was already knowing a similar product. Uh, Mary, do you have anything to add? Um, yes, I do. I um, I purchased it. Um, well, I was looking for something. I was having so much trouble with my other Braille display that I had bought, um, and I the warranty was almost up. And I said, "Oh gosh, I've got to get something different." So um, I I called Humanware and talked to a lady. And um, one thing that that really was attractive to me is that I found out that I could use this split it program where I could pay for the brilliant over a period of 12 months um, with no interest. So that was, that was really good. Um, that was very helpful. Um, some other things I really liked. Um, I like the ability to configure the thumb keys because Although I like to keep pressing the right thumb key to pan the text forward, I have arthritis in my fingers and get painful sometimes. So I can configure them and press the left um, thumb key for a while. So um, I liked that. I like that we had direct access to Bookshare. Um, I like the fact that we could update the software over Wi-Fi. And um, let's see, I like, um, oh. Okay, um, the next question's pretty simple. So I think I'll just have Deborah answer it. What's the difference between the 20 cell and the 40 cell version? Oh, okay. Um, really, there are only two differences that I am aware of. One is, the obvious, the number of Braille cells. And the other is the uh, the 20 has an SD card slot as well as 
the USB-A and USB-C uh, connection points. So obviously the advantage there is that if, if you have been using SD cards a lot for saving things or transferring things back and forth be, uh, between a Braille device and your computer, you can do that. Whereas the 40 has only um, US, it does not have an SD card slot. Okay, I'm going to move on. Our next question, I'm going to have all three of you answer it, but I'll start with Mary. Uh, it's what features do you use most and why? Go ahead, Mary. Okay, um, I use the terminal mode a lot because I like pairing my iPhone with my Brilliant and being able to read everything um, that's on the screen in Braille. I really like that. Um, I, I use Bookshare a lot because I love to read and I also love to search for books and see what books are available by different authors. They have, they have quite, a, quite a bit more available um, on Bookshare in some ways than on NLS Bard, although, you know, NLS has met my needs for many years. Um, I like the, the Braille editor and the, the ability to um, create Braille files. And that's what I've got. Okay. Um, Robert, do you have any thoughts about what features you use the most? Yeah, I, I think that I was very um, attracted to the idea of the three services being available through Wi-Fi, wi Bookshare, NFB Newsline, and, and Bard. And I, I fell into this habit of going on NFB Newsline every early every morning and reading the editorial section of the New York Times. And um, I, I love being able to just um, quickly sync uh, the Brilliant with NFB Newsline and then read in Braille whatever newspaper or magazine that I choose uh, to read from, from that service. And uh, I think it's, it feels like a little bit of a, uh, uh, you know, a hand wave to the future, having your newspaper right there in Braille when when you're ready to get up, or maybe not even get up. I, a lot of times we'll just read it lying in bed. That's the ultimate decadence. You can't beat it. <laughs> you know, it's this is great because, and I'm going to have Deborah answer this question in a minute too. But what I'm really liking is this is all the stuff I would have said, and it's so nice to have other people saying it too. So, so, uh, Deborah, what features do you use most and why? Well, amen and then some to what Robert had to say. You know, ironically, the reason that I thought I would use it the most, the, I, I thought I would use it to write. And I do a little bit of writing with it, but I haven't really done all that much writing. But I was so drawn to um, the ease of, of downloading. Again, you know, I was already accustomed to downloading from NLS Bard and, and Bookshare, but NFB Newsline, I have been a newspaper and magazine junkie for 30 or 40 years. And so I fell in love with Newsline when it first came into being. But I fell in love all over again with this brilliant. And unfortunately, I am not nearly as um, self-disciplined as Robert because yeah, I read the New York Times every day too, but I download about 20 papers daily, a mix of papers and magazines. I, I live in two cities. I go back and forth. So I download the primary papers 
from uh, Tampa and St. Petersburg and Cincinnati and Columbus. Those are my two areas. And I, I, oh, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's an addiction. There is nothing like reading a newspaper in Braille and the navigation is just so lovely, is so lovely. You, you can just move so quickly um, through sections and articles and, and segments of articles. And oh, it's, yeah. So that has turned out to be my favorite thing is yeah, downloading and reading. It's great. I agree. I was traveling. It was really nice to read the newspapers of the area where I was. All right. So our next question, and Deborah, since you're um, already here, I'll have you answer it first. Do you use the speech feature? I do not. I tested it when it came out to, to see what it sounded like. I've maybe turned it on once or twice for a minute, but you know, I, um, for one thing, I'm a lifelong Braille evangelist, zealot, whatever. But secondly, I do have a, a significant hearing loss and I just, it's frustrating to me to listen to speech. So I might get there. I used to listen to more speech, so I might, I might get there, but I haven't much useful to say about it. That. So, Mary, um, I, do you, sorry. Well, uh, I, I, when I was talking about downloading, I, I should have also added for people who aren't newspaper and magazine fans, the other beauty, as Mary mentioned, is downloading Bookshare books. And what I often do, and this isn't just, this isn't germane just to someone with dual sensory loss, but uh, I think especially for those of us who, who have hearing difficulties, I frequently download a talking book from Bard and then download the same book from Bookshare. I was just doing this last night. I was, you know, reading a mystery and a couple of the characters, the narrator chose to speak them very softly. <laughs> and those were important pieces of dialogue. So uh -huh. I just download the same book from Bookshare and I search for a couple of words that are right around where I am. And I, and, and it's also a great way to find out like how character names are spelled and city names, you know, so to, to have, it's that old dual mode thing that I think a lot of us in education used to talk about a lot anyway. It's just. Well, sighted people like whisper sync. So, you know, it's the same exactly. thing. It's just like that. Same yeah. Thing. All right. I need to move on because we have so many questions, but uh, Mary, do you use the speech feature? No, I really don't. I mean, I, I tested it out when I first got the Brilliant and it came on board. But no, I really, I just haven't found a real need for it. Okay, well, I'm going to use facilitator privilege here. And Robert is the only person answering this question because he's the one who posed it. Let me see if I can read it. Is the average user willing and able to, uh, whoops, uh, to connect uh, at, with, bleh, I can't read. Um, they're brilliant and browse the web and read email and connect with their computer or smartphone. Sorry about that. I hit the wrong button. But Robert, why don't you go ahead and answer your own question here? Robert, you need to unmute. I'm sorry. Uh, you were the host. What, you're what you're you good. Something to me? No, you're good now. Um, you inadvertently got muted. I was trying to mute somebody else and I muted you. I apologize. Oh, no, I'm muted on purpose. I'm using my space bar to unmute when I'm talking, so okay. uh, it's fine. Um, okay, Debbie, um, 
I, I don't know the answer to my own question because it, it's kind of one of those questions that I wonder about. And the reason I pose uh-huh. it is because I, I am a nerd. So, yes, of course, I use my phone to connect to my brilliant. And uh, if I want to, and just like Mary was describing, and and have a braille you know output from my email or from my web browsing or whatever and and, and so um, but the, kind of the trade-off in some ways between a full-blown note taker and one of these new type devices is that they're they're relying on you using your smartphone or computer to do, actually do the heavy lifting of providing the, the email to the display or providing the web page to the display. But that means you have to be able to connect the device via Bluetooth or USB. You have to be able to get the two talking to each other. You have to learn the iOS uh, uh, Braille commands if you're using the iPhone or talk back if you're using Android, whatever. And so the point is, it, it, has that turned out to be a good trade-off is that something that people are willing to be able to pay less money for and, and let the phone do the heavy lifting? Or is it just too still too complicated, too complicated. for people? And I, I really kind of wonder about that. Okay, so, sorry, so what I'm, we're going to do, we're going to pose that next hour because all yeah. three of us are nerds. And I don't think any of us can really answer that question. But I'll ask it again in the next hour, especially if we have a lull and not a lot of questions. Okay, and, and I, I want to just jump in and say I did the same thing. So don't ask me my questions. I asked them because I was hoping to get more <laughs> info from you. Hopefully, um, I can but, remember what are your questions. Okay, in, in the hope that Robert will, you know, uh, reciprocate a little bit, I I do want to just weigh in to say that I, while I haven't done it extensively, I would say a fair amount of the time I do um, use. Uh, the brilliant with the iPhone to do email. What will happen is though, we have all those commands to remember. So like <laughs> you go down your email and you want to delete, 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 delete. I know how to do that with a finger swipe. Right. But I had to go look it up how to do it on Braille. And then the next time I was using the brilliant a few weeks ago, and, by, and I couldn't remember. Yeah. So I had to skip the ones I want to delete. Now that said, it is one it's, it's worth the time. I think to get those commands under your belt because it is so lovely to read and reply in Braille. It is. It is really nice. Uh, If I can just say one word, Deborah Kendrick, um, you you count yourself lucky. I'm trying to remember commands for four different Braille displays, (laughs) a a Hable one, and the regular (laughs) iPhone (laughs) touchscreen command. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go ahead and answer the next question. You know, I wrote 20 questions up here, and we're only on question seven. We're going to run out of time. So um, what is the difference between the editor that it provides for text files and the editor provides for Braille files, and why do we need both of them? And um, the reason we need both of them is we need a way to edit BRF files without having to worry about contractions. If you want to put in grade three or you want to put in music or you've got a passage, you want to copy from a, a magazine or you want to put in a recipe, you want to use your own codes. Uh, that's why we have a BRF editor. The other editor's purpose, keypad it's called, 
its purpose is so that you can write in Braille, but you have a text file that you can then share with other people, share with your computer, continue to edit on your computer. So that's why we have two editors. Would any of you like to also comment on why we have two editors and what their differences are? You can just shout it out if you have anything else Okay. Otherwise, I'm going to move on to the next question, which is, what is the difference between the Chameleon, the NLSE reader, and the Brilliant? And Robert, do you want to take that one? Since you have four Braille displays? I do have, but but uh, I don't, the Brilliant is the only one of those uh, three that you're, that you're mentioning that I have. So I have to, I'm going to ask if you would please pass this to my good no friend problem. Deborah Kendrick because I don't have the other two. <laughs> I could say that both APH and NLS contract of humanware to write their own firmware for a device that is basically the same hardware. And Deborah, you can add whatever you'd like. Well, you're exactly right. So um, humanware collaborated with APH and uh, to develop the chameleon that is now APH's product and, and humanware collaborated with NLS to uh, develop the humanware e-reader and that is now their product and really humanware kind of benefited from their own work because then they came out with the brilliant if you uh, if you're a totally blind person and you put an e-reader a humanware e-reader a chameleon and a 20 cell brilliant on the table I am not sure you could tell one from the other just touching them because it's the same box. They're all the same box, the same buttons. I think they might they they might be different colors, but I could be wrong about that. The chameleon comes with colored cases. But so the difference, of course, is that the e-reader is only a reader, just like your talking book player is only a player, not a recorder. So it's only a reader. It becomes able to do other things when you pair it with the iPhone and the computer. The, the chameleon um, has some, some editing capabilities and some other features, but for some reason that's not been shared with a whole lot of us. Uh, APH chose not to uh, allow chameleon to download barred books. I think, I forget, I think they can download Newsline and Bookshare, but not Bard. Yeah, they uh, can, but they can't download Bard. At least according to the current manual, they cannot download Bard. At least yeah. it's not in there. So, I so the, look at the manual today. So they they all function very much the same, have the same commands, the same key layouts, and so forth. Pretty much uh, the same guts, if you will. But of the three, by far the one with the most functionality would be the Brilliant. That's correct. And with the NLS reader, e-reader, you don't have any sort of an editor either because, of course, NLS made it a book reader. So, Okay, so we're on to our eighth question. Now, there are three services, online services that Bookshare supports, online libraries. There's Bookshare, there's NFB Newsline, and there's NLS. I'd like to hear from each of you about one of those services and how you use it personally. So I think we'll start with Mary. We haven't heard from you in a while. Tell us about one of them and how you use it. Okay. Um, I will talk with um, Bookshare about Bookshare. And um, I use it a lot. I, I, love, to, I love to read. And I, um, I just enjoy 
seeing everything under my fingers. And I'm like some of you, I like to know how things are spelled. Um, and Bookshare is just really, really a neat service. It's got just tons and tons of books, um, a lot of those that NLS has. Um, it, is a, it is a paid service. Um, it costs $50 a year. Um, some people's state libraries will pay for their service or, or sometimes if you're a student, you can get the, the um, fee waived. Um, but it costs $50 a year. Um, and I, I didn't use it a long time. I didn't subscribe for a long time because of that. But, um, but now I'm, I'm really glad I did because it's, it's just great. And um, I, I love to search for books. Like one day I just wanted some books about arithmetic and I, you know, I, I did, I thought, well, maybe I'll find, you know, two or three. Oh my gosh, there were tons of them. And I just kept downloading and downloading. It, it's like, I guess because I haven't known it for very long, it's just like this really neat thing that I just can't get enough of. I love going through the, the categories and looking at what they've got. It's just just a cool service. I agree. I agree. All right, Robert, do you want to speak to one of the services and how you use it? I do. And I want to say your your excitement, Mary, is is contagious because I love I love how, how <laughs> excited you are about so many options in terms of what to read. It wasn't that, that way when we were kids. Um, no. It wasn't nearly enough Braille material to, to, to keep me happy anyway. I got really tired of reading Westerns. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> um, I'll just mention NFB Newsline. I, I really do. Um, I mean, it was a cool service when it began, but I wasn't thrilled with having to get on. It first started out as a telephone service. You had to be on your phone and listen to it. And it was cool, but it wasn't as cool as it is to be able to read it under your fingers in Braille the way you can on the Braille. And as we've already mentioned, um, it's a service that is a f free of charge to anyone who qualifies for it. That is, you have to have a, a print disability. I think if you qualify for NLS, you also qualify for NFB Newsline, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, but uh, I believe you can go to nfbnewsline.org, correct me if I'm wrong, and get what information about how to sign up for it. And uh, it's really quite easy to, to get going on. And if you have a Braille display like one of these uh, brilliance, it's uh, wonderful to use. All right. Well, Deborah, I know you work for NLS, but it would be nice to hear <laughs> as an NLS user what you do when you're not working. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. One really nice feature uh, for the Brilliant and, and the e-readers as well um, for downloading from NLS is that it's built into, the, into BARD to separate your audio from your Braille books when you're using a Brilliant. So if you like to browse um, recently added books or most popular books or just browse for your favorite author or category or whatever on the computer or on your phone or on whatever device, and you, you do that browsing and you add both audio and Braille to your wish list, when you uh, sign into BARD with your Brilliant, it's only going to show you the Braille titles. It's not going to confuse you 
by showing you everything. It's only going to show you the Braille titles. So that's that's very cool. And that's that's what I find myself doing all the time is adding um, books to my wish list and then going there and, and downloading them. I think one feature before we had, and this is, you know, kind of relates to the e-reader, but it also relates to affordable Braille displays. I had this prediction some time ago that if we could put Braille displays into more blind people's hands, that we would have more Braille readers. That, And that is proving to be true because the numbers have gone way up of, of downloads from BARD at any rate and hearing people talk about using Brilliant to read Braille books. And so I think one thing that warrants mentioning is if you're not a really fast Braille reader and you'd like to build skills or maybe you, you didn't learn Braille till you were 40, a really good way to begin would be to go to BARD, add some kids' books to your um, to your BARD wish list. I mean, Dr. Seuss is good at any age. <laughs> I mean, I can read all the places you'll go. You know, I could read it every day and not get sick of it. Um, but there are lots of, of uh, kids' books. And then, again, going back to NFB Newsline, you know, you download your local paper and learn how to jump from section to section and article to article, and you will find your Braille reading speed increase. And you can, use, uh, you can use speech, too, to move through your newspaper until you get to an article you're really interested and then use Braille to read it. I do that yeah, a good lot. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially like I was looking at prevention today and I was disappointed because it had all these articles on celebrities and I don't care what Oprah is doing for her health. And so I was using speech to get to the actual preventative prevention articles I wanted to read. And I found that much faster. Okay, um, Robert, your next question is sort of long and philosophical and I'm going to dish you in and skip it. And I'm going to ask it to our audience in the next hour if we're low on questions, because I want to get to some of our support questions since we're going to run out of time. And I know some of the people on this list have or on this call have brilliance and know a lot of this stuff already. So, but they may have support questions. So first, the first question is, I'm going to go ahead and answer it myself. And it's how can I find support options for the Brilliant. And this was one of the reasons I chose this device. It has so many support options. You go to support.humanware.com and then you look for your device, Brilliant, B-I-X, and then it has a section for the 20 cell and it has a section for the 40 cell. And in those sections, it has documentation. You can get a getting started guide. You can get a user guide. You can also get an audio tutorial that was prepared by um, Chris and Kim of Mystic Access, and the tutorial is free. So even if you don't own a Brilliant, you can go ahead and download and listen to that tutorial. You can download and read the user guide, so you don't have to actually have a device. I read all this stuff before I made a decision about whether to buy one, and it was having all the support. You can also get the, the uh, humanware HW Buddy app on your phone. And with that, you can look at a lot of helpful videos. You can also go on YouTube. There are tons of help and tutorial videos. And there are several hour long webinars that Peter Tusick did on the Brilliant. So 
this is just support up the wazoo. And it was one of the main reasons I chose it. So again, all that stuff is at support.humanware.com. Okay, so now I've yammered a lot. We're on to our next question, which is, what if I want to read the user guide on a device I'm more familiar with than on the Brilliant? So, uh, Robert, why don't you go ahead and answer that? Well, yes, you, you can. Um, dovetailing on what you just said, on the support page, uh, you can download the user guide for either of these two uh, devices. Unfortunately, uh, as far as I saw when I was up there today, it, it looks like it's only available in uh, Word format, DOCX format. So um, it, it's very nicely formatted in a DAISY format or EPUB format on the Brilliant itself, which gives you all the lovely navigation options. But it's just a yucky old Word file up there on the website. But it, but it would get it would provide you with the information. Just no easy way, sort short of using the find command to to navigate through it. At least that, that's my opinion about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Not as good a navigation. Um, you can read it on a Victor Reader stream, but and there are headings, so that will work. But a lot of devices, you don't have as many choices where you can read it. Okay. Um, our next question is, my brilliant is frozen. What do I do? Um, Deborah, do you want to take that or do you want to pass? I'll take it because I, I had it happen twice. Um, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so the, the I think the most interesting thing that I learned that it was frustrating, but it's a thing. Um, I had mine plugged in for 48 hours and it would not come on. And then I asked Peter Tusick what to do. And he said, unplug it. And I did. And it came on. But that is so counterintuitive. Who would think of that, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it just, yeah. So, so that was one time. And then the first time I hadn't had it for very long. And um, I just, I'm kind of, you know, long time button masher, which is not always <laughs> commendable. But anyway, but um and I, I can't tell you now, I think I pressed power and the select button or possibly power and up volume and held and it finally came back to life. But both times that mine froze, I really thought it was toast. And that's a very, that's just such a discouraging place to be in. So um, I hope every, I mean, I guess everybody here is probably uh, on the list has some way of reaching out to others, you know, to humanware or to just other brilliant Yeah, I forgot users. to add that there's also this great mailing list. And, of course, many people on this call are on it. But, it, again, it's listed there on the, the support site. So if you did have one and it froze, you could go to the support site, find the mailing list, and ask for help there. Okay. Uh, Mary or Robert, do you have any more comments on freezing brilliance? Just to say, so. no, it's happened to me once. Go ahead, Mary. It, well, I don't have a whole lot to say. I called, um, I called the support, you know, the humanware number, and I talked to somebody, and um, I believe it. I believe they just had me press the power button until it 
just kind of came back on from what I can remember. You know how nervous you are when something like that happens. You can hardly remember what, what went on. Yeah, my experience is unplugging it and, uh, as Deborah said, and pressing and holding the power button will usually force it to uh, do a reset and come back up. It is scary when it when it, you don't think it's not working. That's true. Um, but there is a lot of good support. Um, there, there is a diagnostics menu which you can get into, but it, it, I don't know that that is necessarily all that helpful to people. I mean, it's certainly not helpful if it doesn't work, it's not working at all, but there's a lot of good options in there, but that's uh, probably more, more for, for those of us. It's who fun to geek like- out with, but it's not really that helpful if you're, it lets you know your cells work basically. All right. I'm going to move on to our next question and it's kind of a two part question. How do I search Bard and Bookshare for a specific author? And I'm going to go ahead and let Deborah answer the Bard question. So you can put on your support hat and tell us how to find a particular author on Bard. Oh, okay. Uh, so for Bard, um, you know, I confess that I do most of my searching on the phone and on the computer and <laughs> to my wish list. However, I well, still I can answer it if you don't know. Yeah, yeah, go ahead because um, you, you type in the know. name of the author, last name, comma, first name. So, if you want Linwood Barclay, you type it. Type in he writes great suspense novels. By the way, you type in B A R C L A Y, comma Linwood L I N W O O D. And you you are muted now. Press Barclay. Shift plus Command plus right. A to unmute so your microphone, you, or press and hold the space key to temporarily unmute. Because another thing that I have found with Bard searching is, if you it, say, you know, if you put in Stephen King, King comma Stephen, if you put in just that, you might get a lot of Kings and a lot of Stevens and not just the Stephen Kings that you want. So it's it's good to, to put your search in quotes. Uh, yes, I'm sorry. That is absolutely yeah. important. Okay. Okay, okay now, uh, Mary, tell us how to search Bookshare for a specific author, as it's a little bit different. Okay. Um, I actually wrote down the steps all the way from terminal mode. Do you want me to go through them? or just- <laughs> If you want. Okay. All right. This is, I guess, for people that that really may not know how to get there. Um, you, if you're in, if you, if your um, Braille display is in the main menu, um, you press O until you see online services, and then you press Enter, and immediately you'll see Bookshare. Um, you press Enter on that, and you press the next key until you see Author Search. Press enter on that and you'll see keywords. You'll type the author's name in the little box. Press enter and you'll see the list of books if that author is on Bookshare. Okay, thank you, Mary. Okay, our next question, any of you could jump in here. How do I get signed up for Newsline or Bookshare? Um, Newsline, anyone, as you said, Anyone, or I think Roberts, um, anyone who is an NLS patron is also eligible for Newsline. And I think there used to be some rules regarding how much your, how, whether your state supported it financially, but th- that no longer holds true because NLS 
supports Newsline. So if you're an NLS patron, all you have to do is call Newsline or uh, go on the website and uh, get yourself signed up. I think the phone number, I shouldn't trust myself with a memorized phone number. I, I'm, I'm I have it. If, if you don't, if you don't, can't remember. Yeah. You can go to nfbnewslineonline.org and there's before the sign in screen, there is information on how to get signed up. Okay. So our next question is how do I find a book in the file manager? And Robert, I'll let you go ahead and take that one. Okay, well it it there's really nice helpful things about um, using uh, the brilliant, um, which is uh, uh, kudos to humanware. Um, if you can't remember, you know, like Mary just is able to do exactly the steps to take and where to press enter and all, um, everything has a context menu. So um, fr from the main menu, um, if you need to figure out how to get to the to the file manager, um, you, you could even uh, look, just either scroll down the list of options that are that are from the main menu and you would find it, or you can type the first letter of it, or you can, um, you know, bring up a context menu, which will give you some information about what you can do even at that point. Anyway, you go to the file manager and uh, you'll be able to see when you first open the file manager that you have two at least by default, you have two two sets of folders um, on the Brilliant. You have a, a books folder, which is where all your books are stored. And you have a documents folder, which is where documents that you have added to your Brilliant are, are stored. And it's just simply a matter of uh, pressing enter to open whichever folder you're, you're looking for a file in. Is it a book that you have or, or, or a, a document? And then... Um, looking through the list of documents in the usual way using the, the, the thumb keys, um, or you can, you know, bring up the context menu uh, with, with space M and that will show you all the options you have, like how to open, open a file or create a, a new file. So um, it, in a way, maybe it seems like there are too many options sometimes, but it, if you're like me and it's, you, you suddenly realize, my God, I can't remember that particular one. You have two or three other possible ways of getting there. I, I and really I have like a couple that. of tips here. Um, space with D will take you to the, the root storage. So you can always go back to the beginning of the file tree with space with D. And if you downloaded a book, it will always be an online hyphen books. So, um, Deborah, do you have anything to add about this concept of finding things in the file manager? Mm, no, I think that's good. That's good. Okay. My next question, I'll let Mary answer it. Why don't I have speech sometimes in Victor Reader? I don't use Victor Reader. I've, I've honestly never been able to figure out uh, what it what it is. And, and uh, I've never had a Victor Reader stream or anything. Oh, no, and no. I'm talking about the book reader. It's, it's called Victor Reader. I think they just do it so you can type a V to get there. Oh, okay. I, I guess I've never done that. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, the book reader, why, why do I have speech sometimes and not other times? And I can answer that too if you're being put on the spot. I don't, 
I don't use the um, okay. I don't use the speech. Well, the answer to it is if if you're reading a Braille file, a BRF file, it doesn't talk. But if you're reading a Bookshare Daisy file or an NFB Newsline file, it's text, so it can talk. So that's a pretty simple question, but I've seen it posted several I like times. The pause. Um, anything you want to add, Robert? Oh, no, because I don't, I don't use speech. Oh, uh, okay. no. Okay. Um, moving on to the next one, uh, and I'll let any of you answer. Um, how do I pair with more than one device? Bluetooth. Well, I, I missed the question, Debbie. What did you say? Oh, sorry, I'm, I may be dropping my microphone here. How do, <laughs> I, how do I use Bluetooth to pair with more than one device? Well, in the in the um, connection manager, uh, you, you you can you can pair uh, the the brilliant with up to five different uh, Bluetooth devices by following the instructions. For once you know how to pair one, you can you can add additional devices, and then you can simply select which device you want to connect with i'm not sure if that's is that what you're looking for or are you looking for something more specific no that's how? great being able to pair with more one device is nice and you can actually switch um like i'm i'm paired with both my iphone and my computer now so all i have to do is go to terminal connected devices pick uh, bluetooth and pick my iphone or my computer and i've got i can jump between both of them and that's just so so nice yeah and, and i i go use ahead. I use two phones all the time, one for work and one for personal. And it's just so lovely to switch back and forth between them. Once, once you've paired them, they're, they're golden. At least that's been my experience. And Robert answered our next question, which is how do I organize books and such in the file manager? He did a pretty good job of answering it already. But if, if either of you want to add something to the file manager, that would be fine now. I I think I asked that question because I don't know how to do it. I mean, uh, when you open File Manager, you have books and documents, but I don't know how to move things around to organize them. Oh, so, again, that's just on that context menu. You find um, select. You can select one item or you can select all items. And then once it's selected, you'll see dot seven and eight appear under it and a long line showing it's highlighted. And then you can, again, use your context menu or your keyboard shortcut for cut or copy. And that does just like cutting and copying on a computer. And you do it in file manager. In not, the file manager. In the file manager. Okay, I'm going to go do it right now. Yeah, yeah no, you can I, also I do it all the time. Folders uh, within the file manager, so you can organize um, your all your recipes in the same folder, something like that. Yeah, I have all my books really organized. So I have science and science fiction and nonfiction and suspense and mystery, and I'm really that's obsessed. exactly what I've been wanting to do. I saw a message where you said that. Yeah, I'm very obsessed with it. That's, <laughs> I have that's them all in categories. Yeah, oh, that's, that's neat. But yeah. Debbie does does the does does Victor Reader? Um, uh, it, it does not actually honor those folders, does it? Does it not just display oh, everything uh, in uh, a list? Okay, uh, geeking out here. What happens when you pull up the book list? Is it actually looks at every single 
uh, file in in the zip archive. It opens every zip archive if it's zipped or it looks inside the DAISY directory and it pulls up the XML file, the BOPF or the um, OPF file, open ebook format. And those are XML files and inside it grabs the title. And so it knows where the book is and what the title is. But that's why the book list is so gosh darn slow. Because yeah, it has the, to open the, the problem with it is, though, is you can't go to the book list and say, I want to bring up all, all, the, all the books just in my science fiction folder. You can't You cannot tell the book list to uh, index only certain folders. Mm. Like on Windows, you can say index certain folders and don't index others. So when I type a, a file name into my search box, it's only going to find it in certain places. You can't do that. Okay, so it I indexes the whole this. darn thing. Um, let's get oh. back to this regularly scheduled program. Okay, well, I'm, I, we're down to only two questions, and I have a question here about what are the steps to copy, cut, and paste from a file, and I think we've kind of talked about that already. So unless you guys have more to say about cut, copy, and pasting, I'm going to move ahead. Any other comments about cut, copy, and paste? Okay, then we're on the very last question. I want to give plenty of time to it. Let's see what time we have. We have 4.53. We don't have to be precise, but we want to give people their hour of questions. So what do you most wish that humanware would add or change to the device? And for me, it's certainly making the book list index uh, particular directories. I would like to see it so that um, I could say skip all my cookbooks and just do my fiction. Oh, but tomorrow, please just do all my cookbooks and, and, and don't do my fiction. So I could change what categories I saw um, listed. All right, um, Robert, what would you most like humanware to add or change? Well, I certainly support it. <laughs> your idea. I would like to see that, that book list um, speeded up and, and revamped a bit. Um, you know, gosh, I, 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 I think that um, it's great that we have, you know, Bard, Bookshare, and, and NFB Newsline, but could, could there be other, uh, could more extensive use be made of the Wi-Fi? Could there be other services uh, made available? Could there be other ways perhaps of, of accessing, I don't think they're ever going to. I would expect them to add a web browser or an email client to the to the brilliant. But could could a few more things be added to get a little more um, mileage out of that Wi-Fi? Yeah, yeah. All right, Mary. What would you like to see humanware add or change? Okay, um, I take a a grade three Braille class on Thursday nights and. I like to just be able to jump back and forth between Zoom on my iPhone and my document on my display um, so that I can take notes and things like that. Well, you're able to do that really easily with the regular editor, but with the Braille editor, I've never found a simple way to do that, I have to press like five or six keys to get back to my Braille file on the Brilliant. Whereas on another e-reader, I mean, another um, Braille display I have, it's just a one-touch thing and you're, you're just back and forth. 
Okay. That, well, that's, that's what I'd love to see. That certainly makes sense. Deborah, what would you like to see humanware add or change? I would say amen to your own comment, Debbie, because I think if there's one thing that keeps me from this being my go-to product, it's that every time I open Victor Reader or File Manager, I wait and wait and wait and wait <laughs> for, for it to load so I can look. There's, it's just got to be possible to write some code to speed that all up to make that a better process. Yeah, yeah. I think it could have used a faster processor, but when they designed it, they probably didn't really think the use cases through as thoroughly as it would have might have been nice for them to have thought through. And I am on time. I would like to start having you all raise your hands and Jeanette is going to call on you. We'll alternate between Clubhouse and um uh zoom i'm losing my mind here and uh uh we will let anyone on our panel answer the questions and i've done quite a bit of geeking out with it i also have a keyboard shortcut list here so i can quickly look up a keyboard shortcut if we can't remember it i'm i always have senior moments when it comes to keyboard shortcuts so i'm lost if i don't have a list so anyway um we're going to try to help you with your support questions or consumer questions you know if you want a, a pre-sales question that is not answered by humanware but is answered by real live users now is your time to ask so i'm ready for raised hands Travis, do you have anybody in Clubhouse? Yes, I have one. Why don't you let that person that go first? Abby. Well, hi, everybody. Um, I My question is this. We were talking about the fact that the brilliant BI-20, which is what I have, that it has the USB-C and the US USB-A port. So do, is the USB-A port capable of handling a USB thumb drive? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Yes, and well, if you if you insert that thumb drive into your Brilliant and um, go go to the file manager and go to the top level, uh, it will show up um, as a okay. USB drive, and then you can yeah. work with it just like any other any no, of the other. No, listen to two full about. The brilliant okay. about my real display, and then I'm on the bits annual meeting because we're still having elections on the computer. Okay, we don't care about your no. elections. Mute yourself. Okay, okay next well, thank you. Raise thank hand. you so much. Yeah, I appreciate okay. that. Jane, go ahead. Okay, um, let me turn my speech off. A minute. There we go. Um, I really don't have a question, but I use my Brilliant completely differently than the rest of the the and than the panel does. So I figured I'd share that if that's okay. Go ahead. Okay, I I got the the Brilliant mainly to proofread books that I've scanned. Um, I do a lot of scanning of of print books, and I dump them into the the brilliant as doc files. And of course, when you save them, you have to save them as text files. And I wish we could keep them as doc files and save them as doc files because <coughs> I lose all my page breaks. Um, so I go through and I proofread them to death. 
And the brilliant isn't always as careful about saving files as it should be. I, I've lost whole files, whole books, and had to go get them back from my uh, backup and re-proofread everything. So it's not as as um, uh, as as good about about keeping your files, um, but usually it works okay. Um, and then what I do when I come to a new page, if I have a page number or a, I mean a page, yeah, page number or the title of the book or the um, the author, it's usually at the top of the page. I write dollar sign F seven, and that's the top of page seven. And then I bring it back into Word uh, when I'm finished proofreading it, and I I replace dollar sign F with caret M, which puts my page breaks back in. Um, so um, that's the way I get around um, having to save them off as text files and and bring them back into Word when they're completely proofread. Um, and I I second the the desire to have a better indexing system. I do use the Victor Reader sometimes uh, when I'm downloading books from Bard or Bookshare, but mainly I do my own editing with the editor. I don't use the Braille editor. I don't normally connect it to my iPhone. I don't use the terminal. I mainly use the editor feature. Um, and so, and I really wish the file size limitation in the editor would be upped um, because I have several books that are like a thousand pages and I have to break them in half um, to, to get them into the editor and, and proofread them. So um, that's, that's my wish, mm -hmm. but all in all, it works, you know, pretty well for what I need it for. All right. Uh, next raise hand. Travis, do you have anyone? Not at this time. Okay. Uh, next we have Diane Harms. Hi. I have the 40 and I have an e-reader and I use them both. One neat thing I like about them is once you have them paired with your iPhone or um, even your iPad, whatever, once, once they're both paired, you can switch back and forth between the two. So if you want to use your e-reader, you can use that. And if you want to use the 40, I can use that too. And I don't have to do anything i just turn them on and off i go you know and of course i have the other one turned off so <laughs> but I, I like that so you don't have to worry about doing anything you just turn on the other one and off you go i agree with that um do we have another hand we do we have dan next uh can you guys hear me yes yes Okay. Actually, my hand was um, raised before. I had to lower it and raise it. I think someone didn't see it. Uh, I just got my Brilliant 20 oh, a little over a week ago. I really like it. The one, one issue I discovered the hard way is that I copied files from an SD card that probably weren't indexed correctly. And when I went in the Victor Reading Reader app, when I looked through the list, the, the file names looked like gibberish. So I had to go download the books from uh, NLS and Bookshare to get uh, the file names to make sense. One problem I'm having, though, is the file manager keeps crashing on me. If I, if I mark a couple books on my SD card to 
uh, copy to my computer uh, to the to the brilliant sometimes i'll see the message pasted and then the file manager just crashes uh have you made sure it's updated to the most current update well i think so i mean i i had to update it when i got it because speech wasn't enabled mm, okay um uh, was there another enabled update the current update yeah um I wish they would update the online user guide <laughs> on the device to include the speech commands. At least I could. I couldn't find them. I just downloaded the user guide today from support, and it has the speech commands. But I hadn't looked on my device. So. Okay, I'll have to download it again. Okay, uh, if you. Yeah, keep I don't having think they're on the device, but they are uh, in the user guide on the device. But they are both in okay. the release notes and they are in like, like uh, Debbie said, the user guide, the doc version, the word docs file. version of the word file. Oh, I, can find, I can find those. And if you um, <clears throat> continue to have file manager freezing problems, because I don't, and I use the file manager a lot because I'm always organizing my mm. books and categories. So I know that it's not supposed to freeze. And if it is doing oh, okay. this on a regular basis, please call their support and get some help with it. Oh, okay. Because otherwise, it's a it's a great device. No, I'm not having the freezing problem. And like I said, yeah, I use File Manager a lot too, and yeah. I've never had my own crash. Strangely enough, so I don't know what's I, going on. With I have had Jane's problem where it does crash when you're editing, unfortunately. But <laughs> I don't proofread a bunch of books with it either, so it's not such an issue for me. All right, next hand. I don't know how to say this name. Yo Jin, you may unmute. Okay, hello, this is Eugene. My Can you apologies. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, I, I'm just curious. Um, I know someone already had mentioned about inserting a page break. Is there a way to insert a page break in Braille Editor? Sorry, I don't want to do all the talking, but I don't know a way of doing it. Um, Jane, Jane did. Jane, are you still there? Jane, did um, I don't use the Braille editor for that. I use the regular editor. Oh, okay. Um, the reason I'm asking so I'm working is, with text files. The, the as reason I'm asking this is there. Um, there are certain times that I want to emboss the the files that I've created. And I found that there's no way to insert a page break um, other than pressing enter multiple times. Um, so that's why I wanted to ask if there is any way. So um, the way I emboss files that I have on my Brilliant is to use Braille Blaster because it's free and I'm cheap. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Okay, just just uh, wanted to ask that. Yeah. Okay. Next and I um, and I is there a way to request this uh, to Humanware support? Because that's that's what I want to see in the next update. I post that on the list. Say this is one of your wish list items. You want to be able to put page breaks in the editor. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. No, no. Travis, do you have any hands before I take the next one? Not at this time. Okay. Uh, next is Tim. 
Thank you, Jeanette. Um, Debbie, thank you for putting this together. So my, my, I, I have to say, you were talking about the speech earlier, and I am a little disappointed in the speech um, because it seems like it's kind of an afterthought on human wares part. And I'm wondering if anyone on the panel has any comments on that and whether you think that they might be improving it because I find that it just really lags um, and it just is very choppy when you because it's following the braille display. So, I have a feeling APH was the one that wanted the speech to help new braille readers, and I think that's why they originally put it in. Uh, I only use it to find things that I want to read in braille, so I don't use it continue. If I want speech, I use my Victor Reader's dream. I know Deborah doesn't use it at all. Thoughts about this, Robert? I'm in the same camp as Deborah. I just don't use it. I don't either. Sorry. Next hand. <laughs> I don't have any raised hands at this time. <laughs> All right. Then I'm going to ask Robert's philosophical question here, and then somebody can raise their hand from the audience. And what he wanted to know is, is it possible, is it easy for an average user to uh, work with the Brilliant as a Braille display for their computer or smartphone so they can use it to browse the web or read email in Braille. And I'm not talking about nerdy people like us, but average users. Are you able to use your Brilliant to do normal tasks on your computer in Braille? And anybody can raise their hand and comment on that. We do have one in Clubhouse. So. Go ahead, try. Abby. Hi. Yes. Well, um, my answer is that it depends on the device. Now, I've never found an easy way to use just the Brilliant with the PC. Um, I did look at, I use NVDA, and I did look at Braille Extender. But those commands seem don't seem to be as intuitive as, say, the commands for voiceover. And so with the phone, yes, you can um, as, as long as voiceover and Braille are playing nice with each other, which sometimes doesn't always happen. But yes, you can use um, your Brilliant with the iPhone to do email. And, you know, you can even turn speech off and just read with Braille if you wanted to. Uh, and I, I do that in Zoom sometimes with the Brilliant. I'll just turn the speech off and just use the Brilliant to, to, to navigate to find what I need in Zoom when I'm in a Zoom meeting so it is possible to an extent depending on the device you're using that's my short and simple answer thank you okay do we have any other hands not in zoom at this time okay um robert has another philosophical question i'm going to try to read it without hitting the wrong button uh, most of the braille displays that compete are less expensive and less feature-rich than the Brilliant or traditional note-takers. Has humanware found the sweet spot when it comes to offering a good feature set at a good price? Any comments on whether humanware has found the sweet spot for finding this enough features at a reasonable price? You can raise your hand. We can check in Clubhouse, too. No hands in Clubhouse. No okay. hands in Zoom. Okay. Um, well, um, 
I actually have some dinner here. So what I thought I'd do is go on mute and let my panelists talk about anything they want to talk about for a minute while I take a couple of slurps. My husband's already popped in here twice to try to take my dinner away because he somehow thinks I could eat and talk at the same time. <laughs> so I'm going to go on mute and you two can take over for a couple minutes and that'd be great. Okay. Well, this is Deborah and I'll, I'm going to weigh in right now on that on Robert's question regarding have they found the sweet spot. I would say a very, very, very conditional yes. If they solve this indexing problem, and um, I think a lot of people have had, since you all explained to me a few minutes ago how to uh, get the books into folders, I've been multitasking, setting up folders for cookbooks and classics and mystery and poetry and music and just having a, an awful lot of fun putting my books into the proper folders. And guess what happened? What we've all seen. I, I got to about the 20th book and file manager stopped. So, um, and I don't know about the rest of you, but I see that a lot. I mean, Robert and Mary, do you see that a lot or is it just quirky to my device? I I haven't really um, tried putting my books into folders. Generally, when I want to search for a book in a long list, I do the um, first letter navigation. I just press that first letter like we do in the menus and, um, and find them that way. I didn't mean with regard to that specific task because I've never um, organized my books before right now. What I meant was that frequently when I open File Manager to locate something or open the Victor Reader book list to locate something, I get applications stopped. Oh, yeah. You? It's not unique to your device. I don't get it a lot, but I don't, I'm not often in there. Uh, you know, creating new folders and adding, putting books in folders and doing 20 or 30 or 40 at a time. So, right. so uh, but, but what I would say to that is that it, this, this brilliant as well as the other <laughs> uh, Braille displays on the market are a <laughs> bit more finicky or a bit more fragile, you might say, than I wish they were when it comes to the robustness of their uh their abilities their firmware yeah if you know they they kind of work well to a point but but it's so clear they're not a uh, they're, they're not a, a mac or a pc or or a device that you can you know move stuff around all day long and it's not going to be a problem um i don't know what the answer is but i'm going to argue that it's that, that everybody, that, that sometimes him struggles with this, Orbit struggles with this, HumanWare struggles with this. Um, it, it's it, it's a problem. You with are the muted now. Press Shift Plus Command Plus A to unmute uh, your microphone, or press and hold the space key to temporarily but you unmute. You do see that. You do experience that application stopped. Yes, once in okay. a while. Okay. But, and I would experience it more if I was doing what you just been doing. 
Okay. Um, if I wasn't babying my device and just reading my little news line thingy and then, you know, having my coffee. But but if, if you start doing a lot of things, you, you'll see it more. I, I get it in very simple tasks, though. Say today I'm reading the New York Times and I'm having a wonderful time and I'm reading, reading, reading and moving all around and reading lots of articles. And then I close it. Tomorrow I open it and I want to read Billy Collins' latest book of poems that I downloaded from Bookshare. Well, I want to go download it so I can go download it. No sweat. I can go to the online services, go to Bookshare, find the book, download the book. But then to go read something other than what I was reading yesterday, I, I would say more often than not, I get application stopped or it freezes, or I get loading, loading, loading. I'm looking at loading for 20 minutes. So is that quirky? Is that, does that not mirror your experience, either of you? And I just want to let you know, we have two raised hands. Okay. Oh, good. Let's take our hands. Terry uh, Gorman, go ahead, please. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. Oh, great, great, wonderful. Um, I, um, you know, I have put a message out on the uh, uh, listserv earlier about uh, the foreign uh, characters followed by the the character after being deleted, and I thought I had fixed the problem, um, you know, by installing the British tables. But when I, today, I went to a concert and uh, I took a, a Word file, which I got from the Chicago Symphony, and I changed it to a text file. And I transferred the text file to the Brilliant. And when I got to the Symphony, I had my British tables installed. And I opened that file and the foreign character followed by the regular character after the foreign character is missing and I went back to the text file on my PC, and everything is correct. In other words, the, the .txt file is just the same as the .docx file. However, I, I then, as an experiment, transferred the .doc file, .docx file, and everything was in was okay there. So they're somehow they're having problems with the with, and this is very strange to me. Tra you know, direct transferring of text files right from the PC. You know, I've got my machine connected right to the to the PC. <clears throat> so I don't know what to, to say about that. I, I do have a question though. Um, I've noticed when I'm reading uh, newspapers um, from um, NFB Newsline that I I can go to the next paragraph by doing space dots five, six and the previous paragraph by doing space dots two, three, but my keys on the front don't seem to go that way. Uh, I have a 40 and um, so when I use the, you know, those round buttons on the left, or if I use the, the buttons on the front, I'm only going line by line. Is there a way to change um, those things so that they are supposed to go by, uh, by paragraph rather than by line? Because I can't, I can't seem to figure out how to do that. I was hoping to, to save some uh, finger energy by not having to do the, the chord 5-6 and the chord 2-3. <laughs> Is there a way to make that step like just press one button? I don't think so. Not that I'm aware of. Unfortunately, I think the only, as far as I know, 
the only uh, paragraph movement commands are the ones that you're already using. Uh, okay. Does anybody know any, anybody know anything any different? With you're the, talking um, about specifically DLCX files, Terry? Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, any any uh, uh, NFB Newsline file or any of those kind of files? Oh, yeah. Yeah, is there is there a paragraph movement other than the Chord 5, 6, and Chord 2, 3? Yeah, well, if you go... Um, Okay, now I'm, I'm mixing up two devices. It's either J with space or T with space. You guys, is it T with space to go to navigation? And then yeah, you have T with space. Yeah, I think it's T with space. But, you know, but, but you, when, I, when I go there, I never see paragraph as an option. In, well, uh, you, you have level one, two, and three. And sometimes right. one of those levels will be paragraph. Um, <clears throat> oh, okay. That's never that's never happened to me yet. But so I, I don't know. think that's usually the case in NFB Newsline. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Those levels are normally not. Yeah. Uh, for example, at, at, if you're in one of those articles that has, um, well, obituaries is one, because each item is a separate paragraph, um, and I think it's level three. But I, I'm, yes, I right. I, I have okay. it set to three. And, or and right, if yeah. you're. And today I was looking at, you know, all the lights displays in Cincinnati. So it was the list of things to sure, do. Sure. And each one was a new paragraph. Right. And I, I did it by setting it to level three. Yeah. And and then just moving using the up yes. and down thumb keys to go up and down that list. But as far as that's a great I, point. I, I, if if it hap if it so happens to line up that way where one of those uh, le level commands moves by paragraph, then you, you can, you've just accomplished what you want. And also yeah. in some some DAISY type files, there is actually a paragraph level of movement that you can set. But I don't think I've seen paragraph specifically in NFB Newsline. Right. And of course, in, in the Word documents that we were just talking about in the text documents, there's no uh, paragraph key as such that you can establish. I'd like to see that the ability to press one button with one finger instead of having to use um, the cord plus, you know, two other fingers to to do that movement because it would be a lot faster too. Like if you wanted to, you know, if you're if you're pressing boom 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 uh, with those three fingers, it's just a lot more energy. Maybe carpal tunnel would develop over years and years. Whereas if you could just you know lightly tap with with one finger and and move paragraph by paragraph, that would be a real improvement. I well, this is Debbie's oh. show, so maybe I I would raise the question. I wonder if Debbie had in mind to compile a wish list of sorts to present to Humanware. Debbie, yeah. is that did I hear you come back? I can certainly do that. I wanted to comment on his problem with the characters. Um, I think that the problem is that they are UTF-8 characters. They're not ASCII characters. Okay. They're, and uh, because I've seen Braille Blaster and really old versions of Dexbury used to have mm -hmm. trouble with these characters as well. Sure. You would see them in the text file. You would see them in a Word document. But when you went to translate them into Braille, you either got garbage or yeah. it skipped over them. Well, at so, least I learned today that I can uh, have the Word file imported and, and everything's there. So that, that was good to, to hear. Yeah, I think that because it's UTF-8, it's, it's a problem because there's something called, there's the concept of something called a code page. And so um, it doesn't know what code page you are on. And that's why and okay. it's a very geeky thing that you can look that up and read all about code yes. pages if you can. Um, so, someone, if someone could stop that. Whatever that's that noise. Crazy. I don't think yeah, it's me. Sometimes um, 
when I've uh, copied text files, they also don't copy in full. I've, I've seen that. Um, and the last thing I, I think I'd like to comment on is I haven't seen the freezing on my unit. When I want to do a lot of transfers, um, I connect my unit to my PC and then I, and I, and I, and I've created a lot of folders just as you all are talking about. Um, and uh, I just transfer them, you know, from PC to the machine and I've not had any freezing. Maybe that's a, a better way than to do it internally within the machine. That's and Terry, while you're there, just, just to be clear, um, when we think about what, you, what you're looking for uh, in terms of something different, a different keystroke for the paragraph commands, uh, would you like to have the ability to assign uh, certain keys to do certain things? What would that solve it? <clears throat> well, I think the, the, the um, let me think, I, I've switched my keys around, you know, on, um, uh, and I, so I always get confused about this, but, you know, the, the far right key on my machine are now the inner keys. You know, the far right and the far left are the inner keys. And then the inner keys are the far left and far right. You're talking so, about the thumb keys. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And, uh, and I, would, I would like to be able to have uh, either those, one of those pairs um, uh, or the, you know, the Braille cell keys on the, uh, uh, this is on the 40, of course, the 20 doesn't have those, but the Braille cell keys, you know, if you could, if you could assign uh, those uh, so that they would be next paragraph, uh, that would, that would be really wonderful, I think. <clears throat> okay, cool. <clears throat> Our next hand is Thank Jane you. Corona. Okay. Um, <clears throat> turn my there we go. Um, competing with voice over here. Anyway, um, getting back to, uh, I like your word, Robert, finicky uh, on the, the brilliant, because I've had a lot of freezing. And as I said, <clears throat> um, it lost a whole book one day. I saved it and I went back to look at it and it was zero bytes. And it was a very boring, oh. terrible book. And I had to go back and proofread again the last hundred pages and I was very unhappy um, but I think humanware gets around this by being very clear in telling us that this is not a note taker it is a intelligent braille display and for my purposes if a if a machine has a word processor in it it's a note taker um, but I don't think we're ever going to get any less finicky behavior too much from the brilliant because they if you want more dependable behavior you get a, a, a braille note touch or a braille sense or one of the actual note takers and i'm sorry to see that because uh, it has a lot of features that that we really have can use but it is a very finicky piece of equipment. Um, uh, can I weigh in there, Debbie? With... Yeah, Debbie, go ahead, was... please. Okay. I, I just strongly disagree with that because we had the Braille light in what, 1990, 1989? And it was by no means indicated as this unit or lots of other units that are available today, but it did not do these things. It did not 
crash. Well, I did not no, have to go I back to everything. Whenever I inserts. went to an airport, I lost Jane, all of my data on my braille. You need, you need to not interrupt oh, and let she her. She interrupted things. me when I was talking. Okay, I'm going away. All right, guys. Let's just move on to another hand and not worry about this debate. No more hands in Zoom raised. All right. Then I have a couple comments. Um, I want to say a couple things about the home. File manager stopped. I have actually had that problem too. But I have a little perspective that might be different. I used to work at Telesensory. And I was in tech support. This is a long time ago, but even so, the devices had their issues. And um, one of the things that I discovered was that we had a marketing department. We had project managers in marketing, and they would want all these features that were based on what users wanted. And sometimes the hardware was really not up to it. So the programmers would really struggle to try to implement all those features and well, the processor really wasn't fast enough to do all that stuff. And sometimes the features were poorly implemented because they had deadlines. At any rate, um, the I think that one of the things that the Brilliant suffers from is being designed by committee. Um, I'm sure there were marketing people who wanted to add a lot of features that programmers said, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can get this stuff all in there. This is not the fastest processor. We don't have... I don't know how much internal memory it has. Now, we know it has 32 gigabytes, but that's 32 gigabytes or 16 if you have a 20. So we know that it has that memory for storing your uh, data, but we don't really know how much internal memory it has for, for manipulating your data. Um, you know, when you look at specs for iPhones and Androids, it will often tell you not only how much storage you have, but how much internal memory there is for your apps. But um, Apple worked really hard with their app switcher, for example, to make the whole process of apps going in the background and apps closing to be very, very seamless. But if you've used early iPhones, you know that sometimes you had an app crash because it ran out of memory. And I think we're seeing the same thing happening on the Brilliant. Things that happened on your iPhone back in 2010, 2011 that you're not seeing happen anymore. And I believe as these devices mature, they'll find ways around it or they'll just decide that the processor cannot handle all these features that marketing and we users want. And I think this is why they're going to bring out a Victor Reader Stream 3. And you'll notice if you have a Victor Reader Stream and you put a whole lot of Bookshare books on a flash card, I mean an SD card, it will also get really, really slow in the bookshelf trying to load all those books. And it's another situation where the processor isn't fast enough to do all the nifty cool things that we use and want it to do. So that's just my thoughts. And um, we certainly hope it'll get better in the future. But again, I think it's a tug of war between what the hardware can actually do and what users and what marketing and project management over at Humanware wants it to do. I, okay. Yeah, I think that's a really good perspective, Debbie. And I, but I think that one of the reasons I asked if you were thinking about compiling a, you know, a wish list of sorts and and presenting it is that if 
if we, I mean, it's, you know, it's advocacy and all that, you know, we're not going to get the same caliber of effort and a, a brilliant that goes into building an iPhone 14 right. because we're a smaller audience. But if we don't speak up and speak up with, you know, the, the strength in numbers that we do have, be they small, then improvements will not be made. And, and I mean, I think we've all seen from the list that uh, Peter and Andrew have been pretty responsive and, you know, they're, they're reading what people are yeah, saying. Yeah, they have. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of the features that we want actually will save uh, speed. For example, if the book list right. only had to index customized folders and it could ignore other folders, it would run a lot faster because you wouldn't be waiting for it to index everything on the device. Right. Um, so a lot of the features we want can actually improve the efficiency of the device, I think. Um, paragraphs could be challenging because what the heck is a paragraph when you think about it? I mean, is it, you know, is it two spaces? Is it one carriage return? Is it two carriage returns? They have to kind of analyze the file and do quite a bit of artificial intelligence to figure that out. But some of the features we want are not complicated. I, I mean, I used to write code for a living, so I have some perspective on this, though I never wrote code for telesensory, thank goodness. Any hands? No hands. No hands. Uh, do we have any other comments from the panel, or should we close? Do you guys have any other things you want to tell us? I'll make one more, one comment, and and I'm debating with myself whether to say it or not because it may not be very popular in some circles. But um, you know, I, I I think to 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 the, the comment that Jane was making, um, in my experience at least, you know, just because you pay the the seven thousand dollars or six thousand dollars for the full blown note taker. It doesn't mean that you're going to get a device that is problem free, that, that, that the word processor works fabulously, um, that everything is speedy and snappy and nothing crashes. And um, unfortunately, you know, we are, we are not, we don't have the luxury of um, having the kind of, um, uh, programmers and support specialists and um, developers and designers that, that you know that Apple has, um, and and Apple crashes too sometimes. And you may not and remember, but a Braille light and a Braille and speak used to eat your data if you didn't keep its battery charge. It, that's true story. True story. Yeah, I mean, and and so the point is, you know. Um, it's really hard to figure out where the grass is greener um, it, when you start comparing all these devices. All of them have some problems or another, especially um, when you start trying to do more and more things with them. You find pieces of those things that work more or less well, and it's really frustrating for people, but it's it, it's. This is the world we live in when it comes to this technology. In my can can you all hear me? Yes, uh, Debbie. I, ju I just wanted to remind you that um, they've already figured out 
how to determine the paragraphs because if you do space five six and space two three, yeah, you do get proper paragraph analysis. The only suggestion I was making was to put that on one key. And so I, I think they should be able to do that. And added to navigation levels. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, that was, no, I appreciate well, you, very Terry. much presenting that. <laughs> I want to also a raised hand. Oh, go ahead. Eugene. Great. Hello, this is Eugene again. Oh, this is totally off topic. Question, but, um, um, it, when I have my device connected to multiple, um, yeah, when I have my brilliant connected to my multiple devices, um, is there a, like a quick shortcut key uh, to move from one device to another rather than going to a terminal and like, and then like selecting the device from the connected device list? I don't think so. I thought I know. I thought in the release notes they do have a command for that, but I don't know it because there, I you can move between different applications. Yeah, uh, backspace oh, okay. enter add oh. a keystroke, but I don't think you can move between multiple oh. Bluetooth devices because there's no keystroke attached to all the devices you connect. Oh. Yeah, so I, I think I would like to see that in the future release, future update, because I know other Braille display like um, Focus Forty. And other, yeah, my very old yeah. does it. Yeah, other other devices have that feature, mm -hmm. so it would be really convenient for me to be able to move from one device to another without having to select the device from the list. Agree. Travis, do you have any raised hands? Nope, we are clear uh, right now. That's a good question um, to ask on the list because there may be. An answer that none of us here know, you know, that the human. Yeah, life. definitely ask on the list. So I, I have a question that I said at the beginning that I would probably embarrass myself with the things I don't know. Um, so I'm going to ask this question because I know that the other panelists can tell me and I hope there are listeners who are wondering the same thing. I cannot say I'm reading the New York Times and I want to copy a block of text that I think is really brilliant and take it on over to a file that I'm creating for myself. I haven't been able to figure out how to do that. Peter Tusik answered that in one of his um, long uh, webinars. And okay. so. Because I had the impression you were doing it from something you wrote. Um, well, I copy file. I move files around all the time. I move folders okay. around of Daisy books and BRF books. But no, what what happened is that they um, they were all worried about Bookshare and copyright and all that. So right. if you are in a paragraph and you do uh, backspace Y, you can copy that paragraph to the clipboard, and then you can um, paste it into the text editor. Uh, keypad right but that's all you can do you cannot uh, when you're in the victor reader you cannot copy more than a paragraph at a time due to their feeling that they were violating copyright and that is the same like on your kindle it's the same thing if you're using a kindle and you want to copy a passage from a book you only can copy a paragraph now, the way to get around it is to pull it up in FS Reader, which doesn't have restrictions like that, or 
to open that Braille volume in uh, in the uh, BRF editor or the text editor and copy that way. But for a Daisy book, you're you really can't copy more than a paragraph at a time. Okay, and so I I haven't really I haven't I wasn't I wasn't able to do it anywhere. So could so you're saying if it was just a BRF file, but that doesn't help because I, Newsline. You know, I, I can't. Well, you know. what I do with Newsline, if I see an article that I want, I just save that whole. I, I have a directory called Exported, and okay. I just copy that whole DAISY folder with that issue of Newsline to my Exported directory. And every once in a while, I just dump my Exported directory onto my PC. Okay, okay. but doesn't it work like this? Can't you... Can't you use the select beginning and select the end command to to select a segment of text? I know that's only it's limited to so many characters because of the copyright issue that you just mentioned. But can't you select a passage, assuming it doesn't There's go no select command than, in the Victor Reader. It's only in the Braille editor and the text editor. Okay, so you There's have no to bring you'd have to bring it. You, you have to bring it into the editor. You, you can't do that. You have to bring it the, into the editor, and the only thing you can bring into the editor really is a BRF file. Um, you can't with 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 so much of what we're all downloading with with Newsline and Bookshare. You cannot bring those Daisy files in anything but in Victor Reader. And in Victor Reader, the only thing you can copy is a paragraph. It is a limitation that mirrors the same limitations you have on the Nook and the e and the Kindle. But it is really annoying to us. But so you, so you have you been. Do, I, I have been able to copy nothing. So you you have been able to copy tiny right, pieces. Right. You, you go to somewhere like where you want to copy, y. and you do the backspace Y. Uh huh. Right. And that and will you do, get the that paragraph. Will copy that paragraph. <clears throat> That's all you get. You just get that paragraph. I don't think it will give you an extremely long paragraph, though. If a paragraph was an entire print page or something like that, I don't. I think there's a, a, a even a limit within even that. Right. It might be. You know, seven thousand characters. Yeah, I think it's a character, uh, a character There's limit. There's some character limit character. that's superimposed over the uh, over the hard carriage return uh, limit that would be associated with. It a might paragraph. be Peter said paragraph, but I haven't fooled around with the limits. If I want to copy something, I put it in an <laughs> FS reader and copy it yeah, that way, yeah. or I just <laughs> move the whole Daisy book to my exported folder, and every once in a while, I dump all those <clears> onto my PC and look at what did I want to export. <clears> now, when you say that you put it in FS reader, could what do you mean? Can you? What are the steps involved in that? Do you mean like transferring it off of this machine? Right, and then right. So PC? I've got my brilliant okay. plugged okay. into my PC here, sure. and I sure. go to my online books folder, and I go to my newsline folder, and I find New York Times, sure. December twelfth, twenty twelve, whatever, twenty twenty two, and then I just grab that whole folder, and uh, I put it on my PC, and I open it in, in Evans <coughs> Reader. And that's I the open the OPF file. Yeah. Oh, the OPF. Yeah. Ladies, yeah. we have two people who have not had a chance. To go ask ahead. Uh, Steve Bauer, go ahead. Hi, um, I've got a comment and a question. Uh, my comment is, yes, there is a very easy way to switch between devices that you're connected to. And it is the my favorite feature that they added in the last release, actually. You push the home button and uh, I can't remember what the thumb keys are called, but the left-hand thumb key 
or the home button and the right hand thumb key, and that switches you between however many devices you are uh, you are connected to, and it works flawlessly. And it's one of the coolest features of the Brilliant, as far as I'm concerned. My question is. Um, I use the Braille editor a lot, and I've tried to export uh, a BRF file to a text file, which you're able to do um, with the Brilliant. But when I export it and it says, you know, export it or whatever it says, I go and look for the TXT file and it's not there. It's not in the uh, folder that I had the BRF file in. It's not in the documents folder. And I'm just trying to figure out where the heck does that file go? Because I've not been able to find those text files that are created from the uh, from the BRF file. Anybody know the answer to that? I've never tried that. I should. Uh, can you repeat the question, Steve? I confess, I was, I was distracted because I was trying to move yeah, them on. Um, what? <laughs> I was trying to follow your other exam your other oh, okay yeah when you uh create a when you uh, write a brf file and you want to export that brf file as a text file that capability is there i've done that several times and it'll say you know file exported or file created whatever it says but i can't find the file it's not in the documents folder it's not in the folder that the brf file was created in so i i've not been able to find it even though the brilliant says it's being created this is weird. I'm so glad you brought this up because I had a question, but I can find it. And now where do I find it? Um, but my problem has been, and I wind up stumbling around and sometimes I get it. I've just basically have stopped using the Braille editor very much because of this. Um, but my problem has been you find it and you want to export it and getting through that table to get to U.S. English. I have trouble. Does, does anybody know what, I, know what I'm talking about? Because you have to keep arrowing through it alphabetically. You have to keep arrowing through it. It doesn't save the last time. And so it's like, this is this is not. So that's another wish list item I will I will add, though I'll test it first. Okay. Oh, it, trans it translates that file, and when it uh, exports the BRF to TXT, it actually translates it then? Uh, back translates? Yes, it back oh, yes. Translates it. Yeah. but okay. it's a pain in the neck to yeah. get the job sure. done sure. first sure. because of what Steve is saying, finding it, although <clears throat> I yeah. haven't had yeah. trouble, and now i got to figure out how I find it. <clears throat> um, but, but once you do it, you want to go to export, and it will export <clears throat> it as text, but it starts out with, Africani and yeah. it goes oh, yes. down oh, yeah. and and it's not intuitive. You can't use your thumb keys. You can't press enter on something. You can't. I mean, I've done it two Can or three you? times. Does first letter you? navigation doesn't work. Yeah, no. actually, uh, the first letter navigation does not work. But what you can do is you press enter on Afrikaans or whatever, and then scroll down to English, whatever you want, and push enter. And then uh, I think you have to you have to go go over to OK. Um, so I can change the, uh, the table, although I wish it would stay with the last thing that I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, you yeah. Just have to push enter on the, when it presents a language, push enter, when you find the language you want, push enter. <laughs> and then I, I, you might have to push. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll add that to the wish list. Yeah. Do we and, have and Steve, I think what you do to actually find the document, I'm just messing around cause I'm going to see if I have any, I think instead of going into file manager, you go into braille editor. And then you open Braille Editor, and then you arrow down to open, and then 
use alphabetical, um, you know, it, initials. Yeah, in, in Braille Editor, that just shows the BRF files. I'm looking for the TXT file that I created from the BRF oh. file. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's not in your documents. I will I will see if I can answer. The, if you post to the list, too, I'll see if I can find it, too. I'll do it. I yeah. never did it before. I did it. Okay. We do have a hand in Thank you. We have, we have a hand in Clubhouse. Go ahead. More in Zoom. Go ahead, Travis. All right, Lucy, it's your turn. Hi, everyone. Um, I have not had my Brilliant for very long, so I'm still learning how to use it. And this question may or may not have been um, talked about earlier. I came in late. Um, but is there a way to paste, to, to write something on the notepad and then paste that into, um, say, a, a message with a, whatever device is connected to the Brilliant? There is the terminal clipboard, and they've done a nice, uh, Peter's done a nice video on it, which you can pull up in the HWB or on the HumanWare support site or on YouTube. It's called Terminal Clipboard, and I can look up the keystroke for you, but basically it's got a, I think, character limit. Is it 360 characters? Something like that. But it will paste, uh, paste something you've copied to the clipboard to an external device that you're connected to. Oh, perfect. Thank you. That's exactly what I wanted to know. I appreciate it. And our I'll last hand in information. Thanks. Sorry, Lucy. Our last hand in Zoom is Robert DeYoung. Hi. So, um, the first thing I wanted to mention was uh, what Steve said, that, um, yes, there's a way to move from um, connected device to the next connected device. Um, but also, I want to support Terry's uh, idea about um, being able to configure the thumb keys to, and not only paragraph, but, um, you know, something, different levels of, of movement, because, um, I primarily use my brain for things that I write, notes that I write to myself. Um, and uh, there was one time I organized a file because uh, I was giving a presentation and I had uh, headings and subheadings and I did that all in the editor and then I went and opened it in the uh, Victor Reader and uh, all my formatting effort was lost. They're not compatible. Um, and I think there should be a way to be able to create documents that can be read in the Victor Reader that um, use the different levels of uh, you know hierarchy. In other words, you'd like to be able to create DAISY files and put different navigation levels in so that when you open it in Victor Reader, you can navigate by navigation level. Yes. Yeah, that would be cool. We don't really have a good way of creating uh, DAISY files for free anyway, even on the PC. Right. So, yeah. I mean, you can get a DAISY creator, but they're expensive. Um, let's see. Do we have any more hands? 
We have no more hands in Zoom. Okay, well, it's 551. We are clearing Clubhouse. Okay, I'm going to let us all have some closing comments, and I'll do mine first, which is that if you are looking to buy any Braille display, including this one, it's always good to hear what users don't like about it because you'll hear from the manufacturers what they think is really cool. But you have to decide if you can live with some of the downsides. And for me, when I researched the Brilliant, I read all of Jane's ranting about losing her files. I read a lot of stuff on the list about things people didn't like about the device. And I decided I could live with those things. And I did choose the Brilliant. But it's always so important for you to know if you can live with some of the downsides of a device before you go ahead and purchase. And that's my final comment. And we'll let other people on the panel have their final comments. I'll go next. I just want to say thank you to you, Debbie, for pulling this together. I think it was a great idea. And um, thank you for volunteering to submit some notes to Humanware that uh, may benefit all of us. And uh, thanks for allowing me to be a part of it. Okay. Robert. Yeah, thanks, Debbie. And my fellow panelists, I've certainly enjoyed Working with you all and people who ask questions. Thank you all. It's been uh, it's it's worked really well, I thought, and that's really great when we can pull something off like this. And uh, good good job on pulling all this together, Debbie. Thank you for that. Um, I, I I'm hopeful that we are out, coming out of the situation where there are where it's been so difficult for people to get their hands on uh, braille displays because of pandemics and lockdowns and virtual conventions and all that stuff. But I, I, I can't stress enough how important I think it is, if at all possible, to be able to put your hands on one of these devices and try it a little bit for yourself before you put your money down. Because there's just no substitute for knowing if you don't know what it feels like or what the display is like to you and what the keys or how the keys are laid out to you, how well they fit under your fingers on and on and on. It's just very hard to make a decision like this. So if you can find a way, get your hands on it before you buy it and, and, and enjoy the fact that these displays are now affordable, at least more affordable than they used to be. And thanks again, Debbie. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Robert. Okay. Mary, do you have any final thoughts? Yes. Um, thank you, Debbie, for, for putting all this together and for, for getting these, all these questions and, um, for us and giving them to us ahead of time. <laughs> that, that was good. And, um, I thank you all to, to the other panelists. I've enjoyed this and to all who, who came to listen and ask questions. And, um, I will say that even though I've had my, um, brilliant, for a very short time, only about four months or so, I will say that so far, at least, it is holding up a whole lot better than the previous Braille display I bought. And I'm, I'm so pleased about that. It just seems to be, I don't know, um, my, bro- my brother said my last one was, you know, it looked to be a, a great machine, but it it just didn't work well. And I had like in the two year warranty period, I had three replacements and two of those replacements got repaired. So, and I haven't had all that with this one yet. You know, this happened 
pretty much right away with the other when it started started having problems with dots and things like that. And this Braille seems to be really excellent on here. I'm I'm very pleased with it so far. And I've I've learned tonight that there are a lot of um, places that I haven't even tapped yet to see how they work. And I need to need to get into that a little more. But um, but so far I've enjoyed learning it and using it. All right. Well thanks everyone. We're gonna let ACB finish on time. So I'm gonna stop my recording. <laughs>